Look at this. This is, this is how much I actually respect your shit, even though I give you shit. Look at this. See this? This is notes. Damn. I never have notes, ever. Yeah, I've never taken notes either. Neither have I. Inter- For some- <laughs> interviewed 100 NBA players with no notes. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag, you two can be a sports writer. Does not represent Australian opinion or intellect. Fake news, man. Fake news. He should have been slapped as a child. He's a spoiled little freak rat. He's probably being treated like a prince. I'm, I'm not a crook. I burned everything I've got. You also had people that were very fine people on both sides. There we go. She works. Hey, it works. Yeah. <laughs> I love paying you out like that, man. It's good. Now, I assume you've been um, schooled in broadcasting, yeah? <laughs> That's your second mistake. Then my luck, are you serious? For professionalism, please. Again. <laughs> All right, Pusti, i gotta, I got to say this now. Like I said to you on the drive here, I've been giving you shout-outs for literally since the start of this podcast. So feel honoured that you have a... You have a what's, the, what's the word I want to use? Feel honoured that you actually have a namesake to live by already. Gang, gang. gang. <laughs> You've been saying it for like fucking two years, man. All right. Do you remember... <laughs> Now, do you remember what I've been calling you for like the last fucking 10 years? Nico? No. I've been calling you that since we were kids. <laughs> Seriously. Wait, have we started? Yeah, of course we have. Oh. Pull that fucking mic in and pull it in. I thought you were in broadcasting. Again. <laughs> you kid, I actually sat at my desk today while I was having my lunch. I thought I should probably write something down because I've already heard half of your shit. But I need to remember what's actually relevant. By the way, your Neraki's over there. If you want more, let me know. Thanks, mate. Why have you got two coasters? You've got them. This is your, yeah. this is your studio. I'm not like a man. All right. Um, let me ask you a question. Talk to me. <laughs> your fucking Instagram page, yeah? Yeah. You have a nickname there that someone once fucking referred to you as. It's on your bio. You've got to remember. I you don't remember I, it? I don't even know what's on. You know why? Because I actually checked your Instagram page out for the first time in like five years. I actually went to the profile and it came up in the, in the profile in the uh, caption. Professional sneaker rock, big dog. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is that the one? Yeah. Who the fuck called you big dog? Camelo Anthony. How? Um, when did he first call me big dog? We were at first, as in this was... Oh, well, I had interactions with Carmelo Anthony every single night. Okay. I, was, I was at Madison Square Garden every single night. Yeah, yeah right, let's hear it. So, funnily enough, actually, we'll start at the beginning. So, in the beginning. So, Melo has always been like my man crush. Mm-hmm. Right? And when I was with my girlfriend at the time, she actually, it was so bad, she was like, I'm actually a little bit worried about you. <laughs> <laughs> but Carmelo Anthony was always one of my favorite players. Yeah. And then just seeing him and interacting with him on a nightly basis. I was like, man, like he's a professional, unlike me. You know? <laughs> he's the way he carried himself. Even if the team lost by thirty points, he's there, never rude, never snarky, answers every question. So yeah. I admire that. I like that. You know what I mean? Especially from a superstar player. I like the way he dressed. You know what I mean? It was. I love Carmelo Anthony. You, you wanted him. I, would, <laughs> I, I wouldn't go that far. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, and because I interacted with him on every single night, like, he knew me, like, maybe not by name, but definitely by face. Yeah. You know, and every time he'd see me, come up and say hello. We were at a club once, me and my friend, Homicide. So, we were at a club in New York in the meatpacking district. It's like 5 a.m., man, on a Thursday morning, right? Because in New York, you don't go out on the weekends. Yeah. The real New Yorkers go out during the week. Yeah. So, 4, 5 a.m., Thursday morning, we're at a club. I'm drunk as fuck, man. Like, and I'm sitting in this booth on the couch, and I was on my phone. Just, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Homicide would always introduce me to people. Like, this is my guy, this is my dad. Yeah. So, next thing I know, Homicide's tapping me on the shoulder. He's like, I didn't even look up. Plus, I was drunk. I was yeah. like, yo, what's up? You know what I mean? Gave, yeah, the, guy, yeah, yeah, yeah. gave the guy a dap. And I go back to my phone, and then I, I look up, and I'm like, hang on a second. <laughs> And I call Homicide over, and I'm like, yo, was that Carmelo Anthony? He's like, yeah. I was like, yo, that's my favorite player in the league. He goes, well, you just made your favorite player in the league. So, like I said, Melo knew me. Yeah, yeah. 
and we were at a... Where were we? No, this was actually after. So, yeah, so I remember one night we were in the post-game, um, you know, media availability. Yeah. And Melo walks in wearing this, like, ugly sweater, right? But it was, like, so ugly that I liked it. Like a Cosby sweater? Yeah, but uglier. Like, it was made up of um, English soccer scarves, right? Okay. So it's just like a mashup of all these different scarves. Yeah. And I'm like, yo, that's so ugly that I like it. And I'm like, man, I probably can't even afford this shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then a Dodge Cabana, like... Oh, yeah. even beyond that, like, yeah, yeah, Dodge yeah, yeah. Cabana I could afford. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I found out it was Mason Martin Margiela. Okay. Collaboration with H&M. H&M? So I'm like, okay. hmm... I can afford H and M. Let me <laughs> let me check these things out. Right? It had sold out everywhere. Right, the yeah. whole collab sold out everywhere. So I'm like, damn, can't you know get it anywhere? Reached out to a friend in England for just a catch up, not even a thing. And yeah. I mentioned the sweater, and she's like, yeah, they're sitting on the shelves over here. I was like, really? Can you get me one? She goes, yeah, no worries. So she got me one. Didn't even want any money for it. She's like, no, yeah. don't worry about it. You know what I mean? I was like, cool. So she sends it over. And I'll wear it to Madison Square Garden. <laughs> so post-game, Mello comes in, and he sees me straight away. He's walking up, and he's like, Mason Martin Magella. And I'm like, you know it. <laughs> and he goes, okay, I see you, I see you. And I was like, yes. You would have been, you would have been in your pants, <laughs> I was man. like, yes. <laughs> That's pretty tough. So that was like the first thing. And then, like I said, he used to see me. But right, we were at a wear test. Yeah. Because, you know, all these companies, the shoe companies, used to invite us to... So Jordan Brand invited us to test out the Mellow 13. Yeah. And they did the launch. Mellow, so what Jordan Brand had done, they'd built a gym for Mellow in New York called Terminal, Terminal 23. So they used to invite us there. used to test them out, you know, blah, 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 all the media. Yeah. So we're out there, and Mellow was at this launch. So we're playing the game, you know what I mean? And then, like, Mellow was at the baseline, and... He saw me, and I kind of like gave him a, yeah, a head nod, and yeah. he was like, "You what up, big dog?" <laughs> and I was like, "It's my guy. That's Mello. That's mad." <laughs> so that's where that happened. But um, like I said, we had many interactions. He called me big dog, champ. You know what I mean? There was one where when he got traded to OKC, and I was in Oklahoma City. Yeah. And I was waiting for him to come through because ESPN wanted like footage of them walking through the tunnel before yeah. the game. I was like. Like, yo, what's up, Mello? It's like, yo, what up, champ? <laughs> the bromance continues. That's mad. Yeah. You reckon that was probably like, this is actually something I was going to, this is actually something I've never asked you. What do you reckon is the biggest, outside of, say, Mello, what do you reckon the biggest starstruck sort of fanboy moments have been? Honestly, my first. Okay, wait, for context, for yeah. context, you're here. Not because your family, <laughs> but because you've been an NBA sports writer for how long? Mm, what year are we? 2020? 2020. Officially, I started 2009 when I launched my website. I was going to say, forget when you actually got to America. I'm yeah. You were a sports writer before that, yeah. as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, 2009, I was doing the NBL yeah. down here for a couple of years, Melbourne Tigers, yeah, all yeah, that yeah. sort of stuff. So how long were you in the, covering the NBA? I moved to New York in 2012. Yeah. That was, yeah, it was yeah, 2012. 2012. It was a massive year. Yeah. All right. So for in eight years of, say, covering the NBA in New York, what do you reckon your biggest moments were? You mean, like, starstruck or just, like, the biggest... Biggest fanboy moments. Like, fuck, that's him. Anytime I met Carmelo Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> now, even with that, like, the first time I went as media to, New to America yeah. was 2010. So I was there for a month did some games, came back home. That was the first time I got to go inside an NBA locker room. It was all Actually, it I was, remember that. It was all new to me. You sent me the picture of the pass, the all the all access like um Probably. the media pass. Yeah. I still remember when you got it and you sent it to me. I'm like that is fucking mad. Yeah. Yeah. So that was the first time I was in an NBA locker room. And it's all new to me, you know what I mean? These are guys that I've watched play and like, you know, blah, blah, blah. so the first time my uh, LeBron was with Miami yeah. back then. So Miami were playing New Jersey in New Jersey. I'm in the Miami locker room, and LeBron walks out, and I was like, fuck, it's LeBron James, he's right there, you know what I mean? And the dude's just standing next to me, like, mm, whatever. he's, you know, four meters wide, and yeah. just, I was like, he's huge, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? But honestly, after that, it's it's all regular for me, man. Like, I wasn't, you know? No, they're to work. Yeah, they're to work, and you, you start to see they're regular guys, they're not, you know what I mean? Yeah. They just make 
a hundred million dollars a year. <laughs> yeah, I put, I put my pants on one leg at a time, but my pants are made out of silk. And, yeah, uh, yeah, they've got the Versace silk. <laughs> I got my trackies from Kmart for them. Yeah. That's it. Who do you reckon was your best, not your best, but who do you reckon surprised you uh, the most as far as your interactions with NBA players? Like, who's stuck in your head, man, after eight years? You know, I'll, I'll tell you what. The one guy that I didn't expect to be as nice as he was was Jamal Crawford. Okay, why? I because I used to watch his game, and he was always like, he always seemed like one of those selfish players. Like, you know, it's yeah, all about yeah, yeah. me and putting up big. Like, he could score; he could always score. We always yeah. knew that. But he just seemed like to be one of those cocky, arrogant. And then I started speaking to him, and I was like, "Wow, this guy's like super, super nice, man. Like, super polite, friendly." You know, and it turned out we actually had a mutual friend. Um, a guy that used to play down here, he's still in Australia, but he used to play for the, the Knox Raiders, whatever the Knox team is in the yeah. Seabull, or the Seabull then. So I knew CJ, and I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm friends with CJ. He's like, oh, that's my guy. That super, super nice, though, man. Like, you know, and I just never expected that. Like, I always had in my mind, he was that cocky, arrogant, this is my team, I'm, yeah, you know what yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. whatever. So, but once I actually got talking to him, nicest guy on the planet, man, nicest guy in the NBA, hands down, to this day. You reckon? Yeah. Oh, without a doubt. That's weird because like I've I stopped following the NBA pretty much when I started doing media and shit like that. Yeah, as in like following it the way I followed it when we were kids. Anyway, I actually credit you. I don't. I keep. Okay, hang on. You credit yourself for too much of influence in my life. You know that? I credit you. No, you credit yourself over influencing my life. Yeah. You realize that? Yeah. Why? Every, every time I bring something up, you will find the way to pull it back to coming from you and your direct influence to me. Well, I mean... <laughs> I'm telling you, from sport, from music, to fashion, to fucking even like going to the gym, man. I posted up like a routine. You still got to learn about fashion a little bit. Just kept from work, man. From that... To tasting women, to fucking, to all that shit. Listen, I'm a little bit older than you, Tony, right? You looked up to me when we were younger. <laughs> I'll give you some credit. I didn't look up to you, but I did turn to you for, like, influence and fucking, like, setting the example. Oh, man. No, well, my, like, how, how many years difference are we? Like, two, three? I don't know. How old are you? 38. Yeah, I'm 35. Yeah. There you go. I remember, I'll give you one thing. Fashion came from you because I used to get your hand-me-downs. Did you? Yeah. You don't remember Malaka? Nah. <laughs> but you're welcome. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> Dude, I still remember having the original Adidas three-leaf um, fucking logo, like on a blue navy blue jumper. There was two of them. One was battered and one was sort of semi-new. I still remember it, getting them from, like, your house. I can't even remember. I'm telling you. That was probably the last time I wore Adidas, too, to be honest. <laughs> I'm telling you. I just remember these things, man, because they were, like pivotal points in my like childhood yeah like getting brand shit like that i remember getting my first um spider-man comics from you as well okay yeah that i can guarantee yeah you were showing me like all different shit you haven't sold me one once you prick <laughs> i'm telling you hey there's no friends in his business <laughs> <laughs> fucking teenagers yeah <laughs> anyway but i just <laughs> like i said I, i've hammered you for like yeah the last 10 years but at the same time i have propped you up context okay you've finally like landed here after four years of references all right carmelo anthony called you big dog fucking dead man <laughs> i've been calling you big time for like over 10 years yeah, yeah. you know where that came from where he got game oh yeah yeah big time, big time yeah <laughs> hey big time how, how you, you doing, doing man <laughs> And I still remember saying it at my sister's um, engagement. Your cousin was there, and we were waiting for you to rock up. You hadn't rocked up yet. And I'm like, is he coming or what? I was like, I don't know, man. He said he had some shit on. Okay, of course he had some shit on. I go, you know why? I go, why? Because he's big time. Uh, (laughs) I remember your cousin just looked at me for about half a second. He's like, big time, huh? He just started laughing. He's like, yeah, man. 100%. You didn't just do shit on the base level. You did it big time, and that's literally how you ended up in the NBA. What I want to say was the fact that I've bragged this, I've I've upped you on this to anyone that's ever referenced you or heard me reference you, whatever. You are one of the few people that I know that can say they're completely self-made and they went against all odds to get to where they are, right? A hundred fucking percent. And like every coffee we ever had sitting at like Siena's on Chapel, that's gone, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> fucking terrible. <laughs> the one pilgrimage point we had is now gone to be apartments, like a sign of the fucking times. Right, the um, to every conversation we ever had, 
because I started getting into media professionally more or less when you did as well. 2009 was when I launched the media company I had, and I helped write your letter. Yeah, that's in order right. To get you to the yes, visa to get right. you to the states. That's right. What I wanted you to actually break down was how you fucking did it. Not how you did it, but what you actually did. You, you know how you did it. You did, I remember asking you this ages ago, and you didn't want to put the blueprint out in order for. You, you, didn't want to, you didn't want to put the blueprint out as a one, two, three steps, but it was more about the hustle involved behind the blueprint. How did you act? Because I've said this to people as well. I remember coming to your house, and you'd be sitting there with your laptop open. You'd be following sports like overseas, you know what I mean? Then you'd have the TV going as well, and you'd have shit going on your phone like all hours of the fucking night. I remember getting on a Twitter, which I hardly ever did, and seeing just constant updates from you, man, from when you had starting, uh, starting five. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just the physical manpower behind that is insane. I can barely be fucked signing into Twitter now to do updates of the podcast. I can't. I tell you, if you ask me to do all that now today... No, you wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't. No, no. Because I've got ventures now that I'm trying to kick off, and people are like, why don't you promote it more, this, this, and that. I'm like, man, do you know how much work that is? Yeah. I physically don't have the time. I'm working full-time. I'm running a business. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. Can't do it. So you go back, say, 10 years when we both started this shit... And I used to do the same thing. I used to grind the same shit out, man, with the media thing. You, I want you to be able to tell. I want you to be able to say literally how it started, man. Like, because I'd know it. You just started starting five from nowhere. Yeah, well, not from nowhere. Uh, kind of nowhere. So before that, so in 2004, five, I don't know, something like that. I did a personal training course, right? So I'm also a qualified personal trainer. Are you serious? Yeah. I didn't actually know that yeah. about you. So I, I, <laughs> every time you used to... <laughs> your key go-to was like any time I used to post a picture of either the gym or like something to do with fitness, you'd be like, i got to come and teach you. I was teaching people how to lift weights before you even joined a gym. Facts. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. I had no idea. Yeah, yeah, cool. I had no idea. So I did that, right? <laughs> and then I was working at this gym in Blackburn. I forget the name of it. I can, it's probably a pizza. Uh, what's it called? A Macca's now. Yeah, probably. <laughs> so I was working there for a little bit, right? Yeah. Clients coming in. And then I realized that I didn't have motivation. Like, if you came in for a program... Yeah. I was just giving you some generic yeah. stuff, right? Like squats. <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't tailoring it to what you want to do, right? Yeah, I was just like that uh, whatever. So that was my I saw that and I was like I'm not motivated to do this. And I used to see some other personal trainers that I respected that used to like cuz I used to get programs off them. Yeah. They would like, nah, we're tailoring this to you. This is what you need to do for this. This is going to work, blah, blah, blah. I didn't have the motivation to do that. You know, I didn't really, I wasn't into it. Yeah. I realized that I like training more for me than I did for helping others, yeah. right? Man, when I go to the gym, people's like, oh, do you want to do like work? I'm like, no, I don't. Yeah. I, I, I do my shit. I yeah, get out. And that's okay. it, you know? So I enjoyed that for me, not for anything mm. other. So I was like, this is not really what I want to do, you know? And I've always, I started doing a uh, journalism course when I got out of high school and I dropped out after. Okay. I don't think I even lasted six months. Okay. But then I was like, I want to do something that I love. And I was always good at writing. Yeah. You know what I mean? I couldn't add up two plus two, but I could write a thousand words, no worries. Yeah. So I was like, all right, I want to write about basketball because I've always loved basketball. How am I going to do that? And at the time, there was, I don't know if you remember, Handel Magazine. Handel? Yeah. No, that's a cool name, but... (laughs) It was the only Australian basketball magazine out at the time, right? It was like monthly or every two months, something like that. I can't remember what it was. How can you have a basketball magazine every two months? Because Even monthly? Well, <laughs> monthly, yeah, back then I, I get it, you know what I mean? But two mu- like the Australian market is small. Like you're not yeah. going to sell that. You can't put it out weekly, you know what yeah. I mean? So I hit up the editor. He said, hey, I want to – I said, I haven't got any qualifications, but, but. I want to write for you guys. Like I want to, you know, yeah. not knowing the industry as in that – full-time jobs even back then were not readily available yeah he's like oh man you know just send us some work and if it's good enough we'll publish it is that all right so this was 2008 because the olympics were coming up my first article was believe it or not Carmelo anthony <laughs> for the beijing olympics yeah. right it wasn't long maybe 800 words if that 800 yeah something like that anyway so it got published and then the editor said to me look you know, like, you got to build up sort of your portfolio thing, and then we'll talk about paying you, because I wasn't getting paid at this point. Standards, we always do work for free. Yeah. yeah. So I did a couple more articles, blah, 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 and he said, 
uh, to say, again, this is all online. I hadn't put anything in the magazine just yet. Then there was one issue where I was going to get paid. I had two articles ready yeah. to come out in the magazine. And he emails me and he's like, man, I hate to tell you, we've gone under, we can't afford to put the magazine out anymore, uh, blah, 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 blah. And it was, a, it was an article on Shaq, and I can't remember who the second one was. Damn. Shaq in 08, was he still playing? Yeah. Shaq played until yeah. like four years ago. That was, man, that was the biggest shocker for me. Oh, wait, he was still in Miami. Because I, I felt like... like or I he said, just gone to Phoenix, I can't remember. I basically fell off with the NBA pretty much after Kobe got drafted. Yeah. Right? Kobe's R. first R. season? Yeah, bad. We'll go into that in a minute. But pretty much, I remember one of my last basketball almanacs that I had, had Kobe's draft. Almanacs. Do you remember them? <laughs> yeah. The, the fucking almanacs. I got two of them. I haven't heard that word for a while. I've still got I two of them I haven't heard that since Back to the Future too. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I've still got two of them. And I remember in the second one, it was Kobe's draft year. So he was listed <laughs> as a college player. Pretty much two seasons after that, I stopped following the NBA. That's when I started doing music and media and shit like that. And then I remember after a period when basketball started blowing up again a bit, I remember looking back at, like, just the roster, and I remember seeing Shaq playing in, like, Miami, and, like, all these players, all the, all the guys we grew up watching, like, as kids, they had all traded off. Like, Pippen had gone to Houston, yeah. and, uh, what was it, Portland or something? I can't remember. Yeah, Portland. Yeah. And I was, like, stunned. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, how do these heads that we grew up, like, watching have all shifted from their franchises? And that blew me away. After that, I sort of got sour on it. You know what I mean? That's the NBA shit, you know? Now it's bad. Yeah. yeah. Now it's like, I remember you were telling me about Derrick Rose once, and you were talking about how you brought him up once in a convo like three or four years ago. I'm like, oh, is that Chicago? No, it's not a Chicago. He's gone. And I was like, he's with the Pistons this year. I didn't even know. I was like, wait, Derrick Rose plays with Detroit? <laughs> like, where did this happen? I know, that's what I mean. It's ridiculous now. Anyway, carry on. Your first articles are about Shaq and... Uh, I can't remember the second Handle. one. Yeah. Yeah. So he said, we've gone under, we're not going to put the magazine out, blah, 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 blah. So I said to him, I go, listen, everything's digital now. Like, let's do an online magazine. Like, let's yeah. go partners. You know, I was willing to invest some money if that's what it took. Um, yeah. Let's do this thing online. And he didn't want to do it. Why? He's... He's a print guy, right? Like, he's a young kid. I think he's around my age, which I didn't know at the time. I thought he was older. But he's around because I ended up meeting him years later. We hadn't met at that point because he was based in Sydney. I was in Melbourne. So he's a print guy. Like, he really wanted a magazine. You know what I mean? He didn't want to do it. So I was like, all right, fuck fuck it. I'll I'll launch my own. And that's where Starting Five came from. I was like, how am I going to do, you know, things? So that's where it started. So the thing with uh, Starting Five was... I wanted to document the culture, yeah. the culture of basketball, on court, off court. As you know, I'm a sneaker guy. Yeah, I mean, I love. So it was the sneakers, the fashion, the music, NBL, NBA, whatever was involved with basketball. Yeah. I wanted to document it, and that's how Starting Five started. You know how fucking hyped I was when you launched it because I remember you telling me about it, and I remember your business card, man. And I remember just yeah, seeing- I just found I had, I just found three boxes the other day <laughs> of my business card. There's, there's like ten thousand of them. I'm pretty sure I still have my old compendium that. I had for those media days, and that card's still sitting there, like in the top, man. I've got about ten thousand. If you want more, Mad. <laughs> I'm gonna make my, my old phone number: oh four one nine 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 zero eight four one. Don't I, message it because I don't have it now. So I still remember that seeing that name. I thought that is one of the best names I've ever seen in my life for basketball. You know what I love the most? The back of the card. Yeah. If you remember the logo, it was a, like a shadow of a basketball yeah. player with the shorts holding a ball. And he used to just say, documenting the culture. I yeah. thought that was dope. It is. I thought that was dope, yeah. Do you still own that domain? Or have you just yeah, and I still got No, no, I still got it. Okay. It was, that was still being updated up until about a year ago. What, the site? Yeah, fuck yeah. Really? Yeah, I even had a mate of mine, funnily enough, Aussie bloke, comes to New York, because his wife got a job there, so he came with her, and he was a photographer. While he was in New York, I couldn't get him into any games, right? Yeah. Not under starting five anyway. Even though I was still going under ESPN, I couldn't get... I was with ESPN at that point. I couldn't get him under starting five. But then he moved to San Francisco because that's where his wife got a job. And I could get him passes to Golden State Warriors games. So he was like out there taking photos for me, doing interviews, articles. Towards the end, because I was so busy with ESPN, he was keeping starting five alive for that last year or so. I had no. I thought you yeah. shut it down. Like no, completely. no, it's still there. It's still there. <laughs> All right. Okay. So you went from starting. You went from that to starting five. 
And all I remember, man, literally was just the drive behind that. It was like a hundred. You were the hundred percent engine room, man. Sort of like the podcast is, yeah, like everything from like the the articles to the uploads to the tweets. Oh, it was all a hundred percent me. There was. How did you do it? Not man? all of it. There was. There was a couple of guys that used to ride. Yeah, random. Yeah, but it wasn't. Re- they weren't writing weekly or. Yeah, 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 yeah. And there was one guy used to write terrible, terrible articles. <laughs> It's like I knew that was shit, but I was like, <laughs> I just felt like I had to have a different voice other than mine. Yeah, on yeah, there. yeah. That was terrible, though. <laughs> terrible. You still talk to the dudes that were writing shit? Uh, no. no. I mean, like, we still kind of follow each other on Twitter, yeah, like, yeah, on yeah. something. I don't know what it is, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, you know. Okay, just to put it in perspective, man. What was your average day when you were doing starting five? Because, like I said, I I remember seeing it. I remember like. Tweet, seeing tweets in the middle of the night. So the good thing is, if you're in Australia, if you want and watch NBA games, they're on in the middle of the day, right? Like East Coast games start at what nine thirty, ten. West Coast games twelve, twelve thirty, one, whatever it is. So yeah. you can watch them during the day. I was working at my cousin's restaurant at night, so I could do this during the day. Yeah. You know, so I watch the games, write my articles in the morning, blah 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 blah. Obviously, I couldn't get exclusive content because I wasn't there. But that's why I was doing the NBL stuff, because I could get the exclusive content through the Melbourne Tigers or whoever it was. So I was doing feature interviews with NBL players, going to the, I had media passes for those games. I would fly to New York once a year. I was going there, I think one year I even went twice in one year. Um, obviously all at my own expense and all that sort of stuff. Getting some NBA stuff, coming back. And that's where I was like, nah, I need to be in America to do this. I did NBL stuff for like two years. Launched 2009, 2010, 2011, I did the NBL stuff, and then 2012, I moved over. Yeah, because in 2011, we were both in New York at the same time. For vacation. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. July. Yeah. I, I caught up with you twice there. I think we went for... We went for Greek food, I think, didn't we? No, no, no. I called you about the Greek food. That's right. <laughs> Your words were Stamatis Tavern. They didn't even bother going anywhere and, else. And you know what? It still is top two. Yeah. But since I've been, li- and I obviously got to explore more since yeah, I, was, yeah, yeah. I was living in Astoria, as you know, Greek town, ah, 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 gang gang, um, Bakhari. Bakhari? Yeah. That's a, that's spice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the place called Spice. That's mad. There's actually one called Bakhari here in Richmond. Really? Yeah, I saw it by accident. I actually took a photo, I showed him in New York. Well, on, um, ch- off church or something, like on Swan Street. Swan Street, just before church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a whole bunch there. I know one of them there, Salonica's there as well. Yeah, so, yeah, anyway. Yeah, oh, so Bacardi's number one now, number one. Best in New York. <laughs> I just remember like, making that. But that, Samadhi's really good. Samadhi's and Bacardi are the top two. I did, all I remember was... Like we're talking traditional, proper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. proper. I remember I called you because we were taking these two English birds out um, from yeah from London that hadn't ever had Greek before. So I called you up and said, Malaka, I need a Greek tavern. You're like, Samadhi's, trust me. Yeah. But call, make a reservation because it's going to be flat out. I remember. I still remember standing in the hostel, man. The sun, like the heat, just hitting me. I'm in my shorts. I call up, get the phone, the, the the bird on the other line. Start at this tavern. I'm like, yeah, um, I'd like to uh, book a, a table. She's like, oh, what time? I got the accent. I'm like, okay, sweet, blah blah blah. The idea, how many people for? La la la. She's. That's what she said, like on the phone. I hung up. I remember Petrog just looks at me and goes, what they say? <laughs> Best meal, hands down, that I had in, yeah, in they're, America. Yeah, they're proper. Easy. They're proper. Okay. So I remember when you were here, before we went over, to, you went over, I remember you, you were telling me how you were going to stop covering the NBL because it was teetering out. You said, there's no point. Yeah, there's no growth. Yeah, for me, there was no growth. Yeah, there was there's no growth. There's only so far you can go with yeah. that. And you sort of hit the wall in a year and a half. Two. Yeah, I did two years, yeah. Doing just strictly online on your, or by yourself. Yeah. But it was just not so much. It was just like, I didn't want to do that anyway. That wasn't the end goal. No, end, no, that was end, to wet your feet. End goal was NBA, right? So it was just two years of NBL. Yeah, I mean, and back then, like now, it's obviously doing much better than it was back then. When you said teetering, the league was literally teetering yeah, like every year i remember saying it every year there was a fran- like franchises two franchises used to go in. to melbourne tigers games they were playing out of the um what was it called state netball hockey center whatever it is i don't even know what that is and the, the capacity is like what three thousand, and it was never even full yeah you know and at least now melbourne united or whatever the hell they're called they're they're playing out of high sense and they're getting ten thousand at their games you know so it's obviously improved Better, so yeah. back then it was it, but it wasn't what i wanted to do it was never about the nbl for me it was always nba that was always the goal fair enough yeah that, obviously 
I mean, we grew up, man, I never, I remember, you want to remember, Malika? I remember you coming to my house as a kid, I was wearing my Chicago, my, my Pippin uh, singlet, and you were wearing a North Melbourne fucking Giants. Uh, I still love the North so, Melbourne Giants. Bro. I know. Season it, ticket holders, four years in a row. <laughs> we were, 92 to 96. <laughs> I'm Such b- conviction. Yeah, I love the North Melbourne Giants, man. I remember you were bagging my singlet out, and you were, you were, like, you were just hammering it from every angle. And I'm like, what are you hammering for? And you were fucking propping up your North Melbourne singlet, man. Like, 100%. Giants gang. Yeah. I, I remember we fucking... We had the little basketball ring in my bedroom above the door, and that's what we were fucking around. Like, we were just playing basketball, and you were hammering me every time I could, I'd miss. Or was it a Pippin jersey? Come on, man. Are you serious? Like, you didn't remember that? Yeah. What fucking Pippin tap for the last, like, three years? Yeah, I'm, he's not D-Mac, you know what I mean? Dude, are you serious? <laughs> Can't wait a second, man. Surely you can go beyond that. Of course, man. Come on, man. Scrape Pippin's one of the all-time greats. Thank you, yeah. because I'm fucking sick of hearing people saying that he's forgettable because he played against, uh, played with Jordan. Yeah, obviously morons, man. Dude, I've spent my life, man, defending the fucking shit. I don't even know that you much. You spent your life it. hanging out with morons. <laughs> 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 no, nah, so I find myself surrounded by morons. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, okay. So you made the bounce in. How how was your prep? What was the things you were looking out to set up before you got to America? I remember I helped you obviously with your visa. Yeah. Because you had to, <laughs> you had to prove that you weren't going to be there and stay there. Yeah. So they, they want to see that you've got. Like, yeah, like a reason to come back home. Yeah, you know what so I, mean? I propped up a letter saying my media company was <laughs> yeah. employing your media yeah, company. Yeah, we, we were going to do a, a job <laughs> together or something. Which was actually true, man. It, it, At one point, we did have we did have something lined up, and then you were uh, trying to tear up something with uh, homicide in the in New York. Yeah, about like the, yeah his yeah. story. Sort yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that wasn't entirely a lie. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. <laughs> but also, yeah. So anyway, I got all my documents together. They wanted to see. Some income from starting five, and I had that. I had a little bit at that point. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it was, it was just. I got the visa in the end. Yeah. Um. And then that's when I just made the move over. Twenty. 20 June. June twenty eighth, twenty twelve. I remember I came to someone's birthday at uh, Greco's in. Uh, was it Shopo? It was Shopo. It was someone's birthday. That was the last time I saw you before you went over. I don't even remember that. I, I'm telling yeah. you, I still remember it because I remember coming and I think I, get, I might have given you a present. I'm not sure, but I just remember saying, see you later. You better have given me a present. Fuck off, you <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I am the gift. All right, let start. All right, Malika. You are the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> Fuck off, dickhead, all right? Every time you come, you've come back, have I not made fucking time to see you? Oh, always. Exactly. Yeah, so I, don't don't start. Start. I didn't say anything bad. <laughs> I didn't say anything bad. All right, so... You made the jump in 2012. Yeah. What did you basically go over there with? And what were you walking into when you got there? This is something I actually don't know 100%. I went over with whatever I had in the bank. A little bit of... I'd reached out to some companies or outlets before I left and said, hey, this is who I am. This is, I'm going to be over there if you need anything yeah, yeah. on the Aussie place. I had start because I was doing stuff with Basketball Australia at the time. Yeah. Um, there was one more... I was, freelancing for okay so you had media shit lined up yeah a little bit but not you know where were you living straight off the bat queens really yeah okay i've lived in queens my whole time in new york i wouldn't live anywhere else to be honest all right i I actually didn't know that i started out in kew gardens which is pretty far out yeah i was with a friend of mine she let me stay with her until i could sort out you know my own place Yeah, yeah 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 Then I got an apartment. I was subletting from someone for a few months in Sunnyside, which is like halfway down. All right, <laughs> slowly inching your way towards. It's the funny center. because I, I started out here, right, Kew <laughs> Gardens. Went down to Sunnyside, right. Yeah. I was there for about two months until the the lease ran out. Yeah. Then I moved one suburb down to Woodside. No, sorry, I see Woodside then to Sunnyside. So I was in Sunnyside for about nine months. Then the lease ran out there and the landlord kicked us out. And then from there I moved to Astoria, which was two stops out of Manhattan. So I went like right around and got to the the best part of and then I was in Astoria for six years. Yeah. You know what's funny when you say that the lease ran out and like the landlord kicked you out, all I'm picturing is coming to America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo, Stu, yo, red stool, motherfucker. Especially <laughs> because it's Queens as well. I've come to find my bride. <laughs> yeah, they're doing the second one as yeah, well. It's gonna be shit house. It's gonna be shit out. I don't I People have gotten excited about it. I'm like, you can't. I'll watch it just because I feel like I have to, but... I feel like I'm going to do what I did with Dumb and Dumber 2. I walk in, I walk out after seven minutes. I, I can't stand Jim Carrey, so I never watched it. 
I cannot stand him, Jim Carrey. He's shit. He's joking. Yeah, he's shit. Nah, yeah. I, I can't. Just like it. Adam Sandler, I can't stand Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler. I watched Uncut Gems. Have you seen Uncut Gems? I've got it at home. Yeah, it's good. First and only Adam Sandler movie I've ever liked. I downloaded it and got ready to watch it. I don't know if I like it because it's the NBA element or yeah. if it's, you know what I mean, but it's good. I enjoyed it. I had a mate of mine, these Georgians, <laughs> these Ukrainians and Georgians, man. We went to lunch one day and they were talking about it. It's like, you watch the movie, you're waiting for something to happen in the movie. Then nothing happens. <laughs> and you wait and you wait. I give it another half an hour. What do you mean nothing happens? And, and nothing happens. <laughs> like, that, that's, what they, that's how they explain the movie. What's the story? No, no story. No. <laughs> My I'm telling you, that, that's how no they story. describe it. They just said nothing actually happened. What did you do today? I got up and came to work. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that's, that's a show. show. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, okay, hang on a second. So, at this point, your first year, you just were basically subcontract. Uh, yeah, you were freelancing... But I was trying to build up starting five as well. I was still working on that. Like I said, there was a little bit of advertising dollars coming through, but it wasn't yeah. huge. You were still working though, weren't you? Mm-hmm. What were you doing? What do you mean still working? In When you were in New York? Yeah. Bef- uh, before you jumped ship to f- sort of full-time journalism, weren't you still working though? Like, in New York? Yeah. No. Yeah, you managed to avoid it? Yeah. Really? Thankfully, yeah. Because I remember you were talking about it. Well, because things were tired. Like, I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't doing it easy, you know, yeah. like, like, especially freelancing and, you know, all that. Yeah. Too. It wasn't, but I chewed up a lot of savings, man. I had quite a bit of savings, but yeah. I chewed up most of it. That first sort of... The first couple of years, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, there was money coming in. But it wasn't enough. But like there was, was more popping. going out, you yeah. know, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Any, when you start a new business, yeah. you've got to have the bank to yeah. sort of push so, on for the first yeah. year or two. Yeah. Okay. So, how long were you in New York before ESPN picked you up? Three and a half years. How did you actually break that? As in, how did you make the jump? Just knocking on the, the doors? I, I always wanted to work, so especially in Australia, right? You're limited, if you want to do this, yeah. you're limited as to who you can work for, right? Yeah, for there's sure. There's ESPN Oz, there's Foxtel, and only recently, like the last two, three years, there's NBA Australia website, right? Yeah. If you want to become a basketball writer, no one's paying you to be an NBA writer in this country, you yeah. know what I mean? Oh, they don't pay you to do anything creative here. But especially to be a niche guy like that, right? 100%. So I knew ESPN. I was talking to ESPN and Foxtel. I was going back and forth, like emailing them both. Hey, this is who I am. This is what I could do. Foxtel were kind of leading me on, and then it didn't really happen, and then I couldn't get into ESPN. Like, so funnily enough, right, so I was emailing guys at ESPN. So when I went over in 2008, which was my first time ever in America, I... Sat, I went to the offices of the vice president of ESPN on 66th Street, who's actually still with ESPN to this day. I got his details because he'd gone into my cousin's restaurant one night, the whole ESPN crew. And my cousin had told him, man, my cousin wants to go to America, blah, blah, blah. And he gave him his card. He said, tell your cousin to give me a... Yeah, just one of those moments, yeah. So I met up with him and he said, look, we can't get you a visa, blah, 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 blah. But, you know, this is what you've got to do. Anyway, he gave me some good advice because I didn't even really know what I wanted to do. You know, because he asked me, what do you want? I was like, oh, you guys, look, figure out what you want to do, get back to me, and I'll see if I can help you. So when I'd moved over, I reached back out to him and said, man, I'm trying to get in contact with somebody at ESPN Oz. Can you put me in contact with someone there? And he did. He gave me a thing, and I emailed them. They get back to me. Yeah, like, you know, we can use you. We're working on something at the moment. Give us a few weeks and get back to us. Yeah. Like, all right. So I waited, I think he said like a month. I think I might have waited five weeks. So yeah. I didn't want to be that dude that's like, <laughs> right, right, on the stroke of midnight at the, you know. Knocking on the door. So he goes, yeah, he goes, we're still working. Give, give us a couple more weeks because we're still working on. He'd never told me what they were working on, but we're working on something. So I waited another couple of weeks. I emailed him back. No reply. Like, all right. He usually replied back. Whether it was, you know, positive or negative, like he'd let me know either way. No reply back. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> Wait another week or so, re- email again. I get a bounce back email. Sorry, this guy's no longer with the company. Oh. I'm like, fuck. Like, now I've got to start from scratch again, blah, 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 blah. So then I was given, so in that e- the bounce back email, there was a different contact. They said, contact this person. So I contact this person. Like, listen, I was speaking with, you know, such and such. I go, he never promised me a job, but he led me to believe that there was some work for me, you know, et cetera. He goes, can you send me the correspondence that you had? So, yeah, no worries. I forwarded all that to him. He obviously saw that it was 
legit. I wasn't just making it up. He goes, all right, talk to this person. So he's referred me out to someone else now. So I emailed this person, explained the whole situation again. Da, 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 da. Anyway, I was waiting to hear back, so I Googled this guy's name on not Google, on Facebook, back when people actually had Facebook. So we had a mutual friend. I hit up my boy Johnny. Who's, I was like, yo, do you know this guy? Because, yeah, man, he was at my house last night. Oh, forget it. I was like, rightio. <laughs> okay, do me a favor. This is the situation. I'm trying to get in, but put in a good word for me. Because, yeah, man, I got you, I got you, I got you. So then I started talking to this guy, you know, blah, blah, blah. He goes, look, we're redesigning our site at the moment. He goes, there is no ESPN.com.au. It's being redesigned. They were doing a worldwide... Like an overhaul. Overhaul rebranding, worldwide. Yeah. So each region was getting it done one at a time. Yeah. Australia took forever for whatever reason. It took over a year. So the whole time it was like, that's when I was like, fuck, this is not going to happen. You know what I mean? I was actually thinking about coming home. I was like, these guys are leading me on. I was ready to come home. I actually did come home, but for a a vacation. It was the end of the season. So I come home in July, whatever the hell it was. I was, funnily enough, I was at the MCG, Hawthorne, Richmond, right? I was there with a mate of mine who was working with the Richmond Footy Club at the time. I looked behind me. Who is it? The entire ESPN Australia crew. Back. Like, oh, shit. I didn't actually know this at all. So I went up to my guy that I knew. Right? Yeah. Yo, what's going on? Da, da, da. Now, for a little bit of context, I had just arrived back in Australia like two days before. I was jet-lagged. An expired license because I was gone for like... <laughs> my license had expired while I was gone. I hadn't yeah. renewed it yet. No phone because I hadn't got an Australian SIM just yet. No Wi-Fi. So I'm useless at this point. I'm just there. All right? So the guy from ESPN goes to me, yo, he goes, the people that you need to pitch yourself to, that's them right there. There was three guys. He goes, look, come out for drinks with us after the game. He goes, and I'll introduce you. You can pitch them. Yeah, no worries. So I'm waiting after the game. And he comes up to me. And he's like, yeah, okay, where are you going to be? Because we don't know yet. He goes, I'll text you and I'll let you know. He goes, and just come and meet us. I said to him, listen. <laughs> I got no license, I got no Wi-Fi, I got no Australian <laughs> number, I go, I've got nothing, yeah. you know what I mean? He goes, oh, all right, he goes, look, meet us at the front of the MCG, the gate, whatever gate okay. it was. So I did. Mind you, there's no one, it's like the game's ended, like everyone's gone. There's like five of us at the front of the MCG. <laughs> so I start speaking to these guys. Now, it was two, it was the guy that was the editor of the Australian website at the time, yeah. and the big boss, who, English, they're both English blokes. One was, that was my next question, yeah. yeah. So the guy was based in London, but yeah. he oversaw the Australian market. So I start talking to him. And, like, I'm pretty... I mean, you're the same, too. We're pretty blunt and, you know, yeah. straightforward. I said, look, is what it is. can I be honest with you? He's like, yeah. I go, your NBA coverage sucks. I go, I can help you with that. He's like, yeah, we know. You know, we're trying to do this and that. But I kind of just told him how I can help, where I can help, all that sort of stuff. And if it's something I'm into, I'm pretty passionate. Yeah, you know, for I sure. guess that comes across too. So he's like, oh, I guess all right. He goes, look, give me your details. You know, we'll be in touch. So this was like July, I think, late July. I don't know what it was. It was around that time anyway. Yeah. So I stayed here for another three weeks, something like that. Head back to America. I hadn't heard back from him at this point. So I'm starting to think, I oh, the more shit talking, yeah. you know. I'm back in New York. And I was on the train going to the Bronx. That's where my girlfriend used to live. So I'm on this train, and I get a text message from the big boss in London. Hey, man, have you heard the news about Ben Simmons? He just got injured. It was his rookie year, and he just got injured. So he's going to be out for the whole year. Yeah, I have. Because you reckon you can write up a piece for us? I was like, I go, yeah, I go... It's going to, like, I'm on this train going to the Bronx. I go, so I need, like, two to three hours. It's going to take me, like, an hour to get there. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. No worries, no worries, no worries. I get to my girlfriend's house, barely said hello to her, just went straight to the bedroom, (laughs) ripped out the computer, you know, typed up an article, sent it through to her. And then, like, because they were English blokes, too, they didn't really understand the the popularity of basketball in Australia. Like, yeah. these are guys coming from I was gonna, football, rugby, you know what I mean? The, the let, predominant let English. Let me ask you, when you wrote that article, how long did you spend proofreading the thing after you sort of said to yourself, this is complete? Uh, gee, I can't remember. Did you read it like a hundred times nah, over? No, 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 no. A couple of times. Yeah. And I sent it to a mate of mine who's a 
a journo here in yeah. Australia, just for like a final yeah, just a, hey, what do you fresh reckon? eyes, yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, I know my shit's good. That's not... Yeah. There's never been an issue there. You know, it's just more for the minor sort of no, something no, that I might That's what I'm saying, yeah. man. By that point, you've already done your, your hard yards. Yeah. As in, you know, cutting your teeth in. It's like, yeah, fuck this. Yeah. Like, this is what they're getting. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, I sent it through to them. They published it. Must have done really well, numbers-wise. Yeah. Actually, they told me it did really well, numbers-wise. <laughs> I think they said it was the most read article that day on the on the website. So then after that, it was like, it started, oh, can you do an article on him? Or can you do an article on him? And that's where it started. And then I started sort of pitching a couple of ideas, you know what I mean? Um, and because I'm there, it's easy for me to say, yeah, you know, I can do this. So we did that, that season. Then season two, we added a little bit to it in terms of the NBL was playing some preseason games, the NBL teams against the NBA. They're like, we need you to travel and cover all these games. So then season two, I started traveling as well. Yeah. We need you to go to here and here, and can you go to Philly and Boston? You know, get pretty close to New York. So I started traveling a bit, doing more articles and more articles. And then towards the end of season two, I had to come home. So we're talking like March of that year. I can't remember what year it was. Season two with the ESPN, I mean, not just, yeah. yeah. So they were like, look, man, like, we're going to do this show and we want you to like host it it's going to be your show I'm like yeah man like cool i'd love to then i didn't hear anything for a while and i was just i was like oh, here we go again you know what i mean so i had to come home for my nephew's christening and i said to him i go look i need to go home for a couple of weeks my nephew's christening what's going on with the show because i'll work my dates around that if we're going to do it Oh, we haven't heard anything. Just go home, spend some time with your family. We're cool. So I'm like, all right. So I get back to New to Melbourne, and it was again. It was like a Friday night. It was like midnight. I'm jet lagged as fuck, right? Just falling asleep on my bed. The phone rings, just after midnight Australian time. Yeah, I'm dazzled. Like, huh? hello. Hello. <laughs> like, hello. They're like Nick. I'm like, yeah. Is this a Christian from ESPN? I'm like, hey. He goes, hey, you know, how are you? Yeah, good. He goes, listen, we're doing the show. He goes, can you come back? <laughs> and I was like, when? <laughs> he goes, like, can you leave tomorrow? And I said, no. <laughs> I go, my nephew's, I go, the reason I came home is my nephew's christening. It's on Sunday. I go, the earliest I can leave is Monday. He goes, that's fine. He goes, we, we need you to come back. We're doing the show on Wednesday. We're filming the pilot. I said, all right, I go, listen, there's going to be some costs involved to change my flight. And he goes, yeah, no worries. He goes, we'll take care of all that, blah, 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 blah. So I'm like, all right, I go, look, I'll go get the, I'll go to the travel agent tomorrow. So I said, I'll let you know. Go to the travel agent the next day. She goes, there's no economy seats for Monday or Tuesday. <laughs> she goes, first economy available is Wednesday. I see. She goes, there's only business class. I was like, of course there is. I was like, well, I'm not. I'm not opposed to that, but I'm not paying for it, so I've got to get the all clear. Yeah. You know? So I hit him back up. I was like, hey, okay, if you need me Monday or whatever it is, I said, business class, they told me the upgrade's like 2000 I go, if you want to wait a couple of days, economy flights are on Wednesday. I go, I can be there like Thursday. You know? Yeah. He goes, no, 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 we need you back. Just book the business class. I was like, yes. <laughs> Big time. <laughs> finally. I was like, finally, I get Big to stretch time. out. So I go back to book it. She goes, oh, sorry. She goes, we made a mistake. She goes, the upgrade's actually 6000 not 2000 ah. I was like, damn. I go, they're not paying 6000 you know what I mean, for this. And she goes, but on the positive side, she goes, we found some economy seats for Monday. They're 350 bucks." <laughs> I was like, give me the economy flight. <laughs> so I go back to New York. I left Monday morning. I get back to New York Monday night. Yeah. By Wednesday morning, I'm in Bristol, Connecticut, filming pilot for ball or nothing you know with my i met my co-host the day before the show as well you heard of him before no i hadn't they told me about him they said this is who you but i hadn't like seen his work i didn't know who he was lucky he turned out to be like the most amazing guy to work with and he's become a really good friend too so we had some good chemistry um and then we just started with the show man and then after that we did the whole playoffs we we're doing three shows a week playoffs started I remember we were, yeah, they sent us on the road for the NBA Finals as well, so we were filming on location. When did that show start? 
I remember putting up a post on my social media like the day the first sort of trailer thing popped up for it, but I don't. I got no idea when it was. We're in twenty twenty now. It would have been like April twenty eighteen, I think. Yeah, I think so. Something like that. How long did it run? Two seasons? Yeah. 1819, 1920, yeah, because we finished last episodes were NBA Finals June this year or last year. Last year. Yeah. How did a film man like getting on a plane from here, flying down, not knowing what was going on, then fucking in 48 hours basically getting back on a plane? Oh, it was surreal. Yeah? Surreal. What was going through your head like the entire time? Like, fuck, I've got a TV show. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, they're going to put a tatted up wog from Doncaster <laughs> on TV? It's like, yes, there is a God. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Helped Gilligan get off the island, man. You're such a hole in my head, though. No, like, legit, like, I think about, I thought about that, man, because I remember, I mean, up until that point, I, I mean, I was talking to you, I was at that christening, you know what I mean? I still remember the conversations, but the fact that you were out and you were going to go do a show. Dude, how long was it before, from when you started ESPN and then you got the show? A season and a half, about a year and a half. A year and a half. And how long were you from New York to ESPN? Three and a half. Three and a half years? Yeah, something like that. So in three and a half years of grinding, doing the fucking freelancing you know what i mean and then in a year and a half you've done that jump man like yeah. that's massive my luck yeah, yeah it was it was huge and i've always said it like to anyone like when i've brought it up you know like my go-to's for people in america i've always brought it up and like who's that and especially the, you know what i found more common more friends that we had in common after you left basically and people would always pop up either because of social media you know what i mean like oh how do you know him how do you know him and they'd always ask about it i'm like yeah okay, he's fucking killing it like what do you want like smashed it on his own but that turned around my life no one does that like you realize that yeah no not really <laughs> thank you yeah, okay really. because dude i've been saying the same thing people have been turning around saying to me like the shit that i've actually done i don't think it's anything mm. nothing eh? like troops the house whatever i've done the business my like yes i don't consider it to be shit i'm like well, I'm yeah, nowhere- no, i definitely don't consider it to be shit like no nah, but it's like i'm nowhere near where i want to be yeah i want more Exactly. Yeah. But what drives you to want more? What is it that you actually want? Because people say to me, like, you know, why, why are you always pushing to do all this shit? Like, why, why am I running around like a headless truck 24-7, not sleeping, la, la, la? Like, haven't you done enough? Like, I'm like, no, I haven't. I've done nothing compared yeah. to what I, what I need to do. None of it's money-driven. No, and listen, I turned down jobs when I was in New York. Yeah. I don't say jobs, but at least one job where they offered me twice. Yeah what I was making with ESPN at the time. And I was just like, I'm not going to be happy doing this. And I'm not, I've never made, made a decision based on money. Yeah. You know? So I didn't want to start there neither, so I turned it down. That's what I'm saying. You know, all the grind you did, then to get to having a show on ESPN, I, I thought it was surreal, man. Yeah. It was more happiness for me, man. That's more that than anything else. Being happy in what you do. Like, I never considered anything I did with ESPN work. Yeah. Like, NBA Finals, we were doing, like, sometimes 14 to 16-hour days. Yeah. I didn't give a shit. Nah, you're, you're watching the fucking I, game you want to watch. I, w- I would have done an extra four. I would have done 20-hour days if they wanted me to, you know. It wasn't about that. It was just, like, I love doing this, you know. It wasn't work. That wasn't work for me. That was... I love doing that. That's what drives me, the freedom to do what you love. Every Look, to be honest, any other job that I could be doing, they're all going to be shit to me. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Whether, whether you're working as a waiter, whether you're working at a bank or control, whatever, they're all shit to me. I'm going to hate them all equally. So, you know, I want to do something that's going to make me happy. If you, ha- I mean, you fell into sports writing, right? Is that because you just like basketball and you've been a writer? I'm both. Both. Yeah. I knew I was good at writing and I love basketball. So how, we, how do we combine this? How do we make a career out of this? Someone asked me that the other day. They said, what, what would it take for you to like be happy? Like, What are you actually chasing? And I said, I want freedom to do all the shit that I want to do and make a living off it and be able to explore everything I want to explore, build yeah. everything I want to build. Yeah. You know what I mean? Okay, even if I had a million dollars, I'd still be doing a podcast probably from this fucking room. Yeah. I'd probably deck out a few things a bit better, but... Maybe get rid of the coronavirus in here. <laughs> that's my, that's my, my, my backup plan. <laughs> I've got to take a week off next I week. I feel the corona just seeping into my body. 
the fuck out of here, man. I'm just saying, like, that's always pushed me. And you said something before. It was about passion. Like, you need to find something in passion. 50 Cent had, had that as a quote. He said it on, um, was he on Hot 97 or one of those? I can't, oh. What's the other one? Is the Breakfast Club? Power 1051. I think it was Hot... I can't remember if it was Hot 97 or fucking Breakfast Club. It was one of those, man. And I brought it up. Yeah, it was just after Valentine's Day. It's about a month. He goes, it's been persistent. He goes, I think the only thing that separates people is passion Mm. and your drive to actually compete where you want to compete. Like, look about where you've come from, Malaka. I've said this all the time. Like, look at the heads that, like, say, you grew up with, heads that you went to school with, your mates that you left behind here. How many of them have turned around and congratulated you on everything you've actually done? A lot of them. Yeah? Yeah. Would you put that down to them being just decent people, or would you... The what, I, my real mates, yeah, that's because they yeah. really want to see me, you know, happy. How many people came out, like, after the fact of, like, say, you... I've, got to say, I've always had some positive, whether it's people that I know, like, close, or just yeah. people that knew me through social media. Man, most people have been pretty positive, man. Yeah? Yeah, most people have been pretty positive. I can't remember too much hate, you know, if any. Good. No, like I'm, I like that, man. Yeah. The fact that you block it. You know what I mean? Even, yeah, look, man. You know how they always say you don't read the comments on your own? Yeah. G- I used to love reading them. <laughs> I used to love it. Because, yeah. like, even if it was negative, I'm like, you know what, man? <laughs> I don't know you, and I don't give a shit what you have to say about me. Second of all, I'd be like, you wish you were doing what I was doing, man. <laughs> so, you know, it's funny. like, I don't give a fuck what anyone thinks about me, yo. Where is it? Well, like, uh, it was yesterday. Yesterday, when um, I said the... <laughs> You started bringing it, you said you wanted to see a script for the podcast, yeah. and I said, just get on and have a look, and he said, here's the best review, it was some fucking review from uh, yeah, that was 2017, yeah. Dude, I didn't even know we had reviews, yeah. man, I looked it up, this is a legit review on iTunes, aptly named, this is possibly the worst podcast I've had the mispleasure of hearing, a group of young guys trying to outwit each other with in-jokes and endless sexual innuendo, if you're a 16 year old male growing up close to the Tandinong train line, you may appreciate it, I thought, mate, like, innuendo? We were pretty blunt. Yeah. Like, that's the best. That's all this thing was, dick and fart jokes, it, man. Yeah, at least you got the daddy on part, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just laughed like this malaka actually listened to this shit. That's the thing. These people take the time out. <laughs> you know like, what I mean? Like, my I've G. Never, like, I've never heard nothing you've ever done, dumb cunt. I don't even know your but name. That's the thing. Like, you know, all these people that are like, I'm like, dude, you're fucking sitting in your mum's basement in yeah. Bayswater. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, um, you know what I mean? Like, Hey, whatever makes you happy, man. Like, <laughs> if that's what you got going on in your life, man, go on. I'll be honest. That's probably on. with that. That's a subliminal influence you've probably had on me, only because I can't attribute it to anyone else. By default, you actually get that trait, man. From me, that something I probably picked up from hanging out with you, because you're the one of the epitomes of fucking smartassness. I had to fucking try and stay up and like neck and neck with you for as long as I could, given the fact that you're like a couple years older than me as well. I'll give you that. Okay. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> but he's like, I dish it out, but I can take it too. Oh, you know I like what I mean? Like, look, with with us, it's banter. You know yeah. what I mean? If it's a stranger, like, you know, people get offended by words. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, well, you call me this. He said, I don't give a fuck, man. <laughs> like, it's, you can call me whatever you want, man. Yeah. Like, you're not paying my bills. You've got no influence on my life. Like, why do I care what you have to say? I so, said that to someone exactly. Are those exact like, words? I, I just said don't days care, ago. man. I just don't care. Like, I think most people are losers anyway. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, they're not on your level, man. Like, I really just don't give a shit. You know what I mean? Just... Like, like, you get, you get, I don't know, whatever you got to say, man, I just don't care. Do you, know what, do you know what it comes down to, man? The fact that, like, I've seen you in your mum's living room in Tempe with the laptop on your fucking lap, you know what I mean? And the phone going, we've both come from, like, jack shit. And there's nothing anyone can actually take away from us any further than it's already gone. Yeah. When you've come from the bottom, at, like, even when you make one rung up, and you might pat yourself on the back, but you're constantly looking just, for the next Just thing. for the record, I want to state, so you said, you mentioned my house in Tempe, Templestowe, yeah. right? Where the median house price is like 1.1 million. <laughs> and then you said, we've come from nothing. I actually did have nothing, right? So I wasn't, I wasn't sitting there in like a Templestowe mansion. <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, you bagged the shit out of me for being from Noble Park and Clayton. I bagged the shit out of people being from Templestowe too, man. I lived in East Doncaster my whole life, so. <laughs> No, I'm just saying, man. That that's one thing that you actually... I think that the people truest to themselves are probably the ones that appear to be the happiest and actually get where they want to be quickest. Well, maybe not quickest, but eventually we'll get to where they want to be. Like, you stood in front of ESPN and told them flat out, motherfuckers, like, this is what's wrong with your shit. I'm not going to pander to your crap. Right. 
I'm a professional. I'm telling you my professional opinion. You basically for, you forced their hand, man. Like, you, you stood up and just said, fuck it. I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And whether you're paying me now or you're not, my opinion still holds weight. Yeah. Most people don't have the balls to say that. That's the one thing that I get a lot. People say to me that you have the balls to actually express your opinion, but you have it. You actually are true to your convictions through it. You know yeah, what I mean? I just, um, just say what you mean and mean what you say. That's it. That's what it comes down to with me. You know? Yeah. That's don't, massive. Don't pussyfoot around and... Oh, oh, <laughs> scared of hurting your feelings. If I do, like, shut up. Just tell... I'd rather know the truth. I want to know where I stand. And what, I'm the same. What I'm, do you reckon... Let me ask you, man. What do you reckon actually got you to that point, though? What? Being able to take on the truth straight up. I don't know. That's just the way I've always been. Yeah, I know. I'd rather know the truth, man. Like, I don't... If you don't tell me the truth, you're being fake. I don't like fake. Yeah. If you've got a problem with me, tell me. That's just one example. You know what I mean? See, that's the thing. I say the same thing, man. Yeah, actually, your sister told me this a while back, many, many years ago. She goes, you know what I like about you? She goes, you know, you always know what you get. What you get is what you see. Yeah. Like, if I don't like something, I will tell... Like, the other day... So, I get my hair cut from my brother-in-law's nephew, right? Brother-in-law's nephew? Yeah. Okay. It's possible. <laughs> yeah, it's, I'm doing the maths. My, my brother-in-law can have... I'm picturing your nephews. I'm like, wait, oh no, wait, he said brother-in-law's nephew. Yeah. I got it. Okay. It's, it's possible. <laughs> <laughs> so, he, he cuts my hair, right? Yeah. I He went away to Bali for a couple of weeks. So, he that's his, it's his dad's barbershop. So, his dad's a barber there too. Yeah. And his dad cut my hair too, like a while back. It wasn't bad, but the nephew is the best one in there. Yeah. And I said him to the, we're at a family gathering. I was like, yeah, man, here go, Joey's the best one. And they all started laughing because I thought I was taking the piss out of the old man, saying that his haircuts weren't good. Yeah. I said, I'm not. Like, I'm not taking the... Okay, he's good, but the son's better. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I'm not going to lie to you. Like, the son's better. And yeah. they were laughing. They were like, oh. And they thought I was taking the piss. But I was Like, I will tell you, man. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I got my haircut from the Greek guy there. Fucking Olympia Cross fan too. <laughs> um, and it wasn't bad, but it wasn't great, you know? <laughs> like, the old tell you, like, if you said to me, what do you think of my shirt? Uh, you already bagged me out. You said, I need to step up my fashion. You know what I mean? But it, I came from work. But, like, I'm looking at it, like, and I'll tell you. Like, someone, the thing is, someone asks you, what do you think of this, right? And if you tell them the truth, I don't like it. <gasps> oh, man. How, so, did you want to hear the truth, or did you want me to pander to your shithouse shirt? <laughs> like, which one did you want to hear? Because if you just wanted me to pander, then I'm the wrong person to ask. I think um, with me, man, it comes from, like, people are like, why are you so fucking blunt? Blah, blah, blah. Or why, you know, why... Especially if I get into a heated exchange with someone and I just start saying it as it is. And like, oh, why well, you got to be a cunt? Why well, you got to be this? Why well, you got to be that? And I say, because no one's ever pulled punches with me ever. You know what I mean? I mean, I was—I mean, you grew up with me, man. I was, I was a shy kid. I was pretty quiet. Like, my sister sort of dominated the scene. You know what I mean? Yeah, I can see that. Exactly. No, you know <laughs> that, man. Like, even your sister, man. Yeah. Like, she was a lot louder than I was when we were growing up. Yeah. And your sister quietened down after she got married, basically. I mean, think about that, yeah? Like, in the houses we grew up in, man, I had to, to compete with your personality, my sister's personality, and your sister's personality. There's no fucking way, man. I was the quietest one out of everyone. Mm. And then, like, from that, obviously, going becoming an introvert, like, through high school and shit, being a kid, getting bullied, that shit. So, when I get to, like, you know, grown age, man, no one pulls punches. They, they, everyone thinks that they know who I am. I must be an asshole because I'm opinionated or yeah. whatever. So, fuck that, man. Like, if I'm not going to pull punches, at least it's going to be me. I mean, let me ask you a question. When did your tat start? Oh, I got my first one at 18. You know what I remember? Yeah. I remember you getting the uh, Medusa on your hand. Yeah. And you were like, well, pretty much fucked any chance of getting a normal job now. Yeah, yeah that's it. Screwed. <laughs> I know. And I said to you, when were you going to get a normal job anyway? That's right. There that's was right. no way it was going to happen. Yeah. I started my sleep. Like, I mean, you've been getting, since you got your first in 18, I was like 28 when I got my first tat. Yeah. So you were on the thing fucking over a decade early. And when I got my first shit, all my stuff was covered, yeah? I started the sleeve about two and a half years ago, and I was panicking, man. Like, full fucking, like, getting... Never been nervous about a tap, but when I started the sleeve, I was like, fuck, look, what am I doing? I remember when I got the graffiti on my forearm. Yeah. 2002, three, anyway, early 2000s, I can't remember when. Yeah. And everyone was like, oh, man, you're never going to be able to get a job now. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I was like, you know it can be covered, right? <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. You know? But all, like the older you get, like, I don't want those jobs anyway. No. If that's your mentality, you're worried about fucking tattoos. Like, I don't want to work for you anyway, so don't 100%. About it. And I remember, like, my mentality was like, shit, man, am I really going to do this? La, la. Then I remember saying to myself, dickhead, you're nearly 35. I was 33, 32. Okay. 
What am I holding out for? A fucking job as a lawyer or a yeah. doctor? Get yeah. the fuck out of here, man. Wearing a suit every day. Exactly. Fuck out of here. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's that sort of shit, man. And a lot of people don't actually carry that mentality. They don't also don't carry, again, going back to the passion thing, man. At your peak, like as in the grind before peak. ESPN. I'm not washed up. Man. No, 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 no. Don't get, don't get, a, don't get a twisted, dickhead. Because I, I try Fuck and explain. You, man. <laughs> I'm walking out of these podcasts. <laughs> don't try and get it. I'm no. anything keeping the ratings alive, man. You're fucking alienating me. No, no, no. Look, go back to your sexual innuendo. <laughs> Fuck off, Mark. I'm being serious. I'm saying it when your peak hustle days, man. Your yeah. peak grind days. One, I mean, I'm pretty sure once you get a show on ESPN, you're still working. You know, they were actually encouraging me to show the tats. So my first first episode, I mean, at this stage, I already had the Medusa on the hand. Yeah. You can't cover this up unless you wear gloves, right? So, <laughs> Can you imagine that? So, <laughs> I'm with gloves in the studio. But I was wearing uh, a button-up, right? Yeah. And I had the sleeves thing. And, and the guy that was in charge, an Aussie bloke, he's like, he goes, nah, mate. He goes, just show off your tats. Show off your tats. And I was like, yeah? <laughs> Bet. Yeah. Watch, watch next episode. Down your singlet. Yeah. <laughs> and your jocks. Of one of those muscle singlets that comes down to like... Gold <laughs> Yeah. No, no. I was like, it. I bet. Like, no worries. You know what I mean? So they encouraged me to, to do that. Which, for ESPN, huge, because they've never been known as the... Really? Yeah. They've been like the straight and lace... No, they're more like the... the Because they're a TV network, right? Yeah. First and foremost. They're not like a Bleacher Report or whatever where it does everything online and digital, and, which yeah. is what the newer generation... Yeah, they're still, first and foremost, they're a TV network. So, you know, I think it's only recently that they've sort of been... I don't want to say more lax on that sort of stuff, but they've realised that, man, the people that are watching TV these days, they don't give a shit, man. <laughs> they don't give a shit. Like, I... I want to see people on TV that look like me, that dress like yeah. me. You know, I don't want to see dudes in suits. Like, I can't relate to that, you know? I mean, that's marketability, man. That's it. So it's always going to go. Whatever's in vogue is going to be in vogue every fucking generation. Yeah. Change.